Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. We have a Black Friday show for you. Mainly because we're going to be talking a lot about coaches who are about to get fired, have been fired, or will be fired in the not-too-distant future. Alright, so it's probably for the best that I didn't bring up the Thanksgiving slate of football games on the show. I didn't get a chance to do an episode before that, but man, oh man, did that backfire on me. Uh, Jason Garrett, by all accounts, should be fired sometime in the next 48 hours uh, after the Cowboys just utterly collapsed against the Buffalo Bills, yet Jerry Jones seemed to be conciliatory in terms of walking back his statements that, uh, you know, uh, Jason Garrett uh, would remain the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It is truly confusing because, you know, he... He outright says that, uh, you know, his coach got out coached by Bill Belichick, but everyone knows that uh, Jason Garrett was going to get out coached by Bill Belichick. So, you know, again, it is very confusing what Jerry Jones's end game is because, you know, I-, I would be shocked beyond shocked that the Cowboys don't fire Jason Garrett at at, at this stage because of the fact that. The only way I could see uh, the Cowboys not having to fire Jason Garrett is if the Cowboys somehow make it to the Super Bowl. Which, again, from a talent perspective, they have the capability of doing so. And, yes, they should be able to win the NFC East because it is the worst division in football this year when you have both the Giants and the Redskins actively tanking to get a top-five pick. And, you know... At the rate the Giants are going at, they're going to find a way of botching that too by winning extra games at the end of the year. But, you know, be that as it may. Actually, I don't, I shouldn't even say that the Giants are tanking. The Giants are just incompetent. Washington is actively trying to tank. Uh, Miami tried to tank, uh, and then Brian Flores uh, has started coaching that team up. So now they're winning games that they're not supposed to be winning. The Bengals actively tanked and have been bad the entire year. Uh, but, you know, outside of uh, getting uh, the Jets for their one win of the year, it, you know, it is what it is. So l- let me walk this back as to who's been fired, who's going to be fired, who will be fired. Uh, you had Jerry Jones. Uh, prior to the Thanksgiving game against the Bills yesterday, make the statement that it's time for the coaching staff to step up. Uh, they've been outclassed. Uh, they were, in his opinion, they were outclassed by the Patriots. Shocker, shocker that Bill Belichick would run circles around Jason Garrett as an NFL head coach, uh, and that uh, there needs to be more accountability amongst the coaching staff. So basically, he just threw his entire coaching staff under the bus. So. For anyone saying that uh, there, there's a chance for Chris Richard to be the next head coach of the Cowboys, 
I got news for you. It ain't happening. Uh, even though Chris Richard would clearly be a better choice than Jason Garrett at this stage, I think he's taking too many hits because of the defense where everyone got paid, yet no one felt the need to put in the work after getting paid uh, because the Cowboys' defense looks absolutely lethargic. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, my dad and I disagree with this quite a bit. Josh Allen, to me, is a slightly better version of Tyrod Taylor, whom the Bills moved on from to draft Josh Allen. So I I don't really quite understand uh, the Bills' thought process here because Josh Allen has an inability of making any sort of touch pass. He can throw a ball down the field. Uh, he has a str- much stronger arm than Tyrod Taylor. But if you're asking me that to take the Bills seriously as a contender to the uh, Patriots in the AFC East, I mean in the AFC East, I got to have a quarterback that can make a touch pass because New England will force you to make a delicate pass and you're only going to need to be able to make three plays in order to beat the Pats, uh, most likely on the road in Foxborough. You're going to have to be able to make three plays. Most of the time, uh, you're gonna they're going to force you to make it as a pass play. Every once in a while, uh, they're gonna be, there's going to be a quarterback that can make a running play that can get the first down anyway to extend the drive. The, against any game against the Pats, you've got to be able to make some type of play. Uh, whether it's Eli Manning in the helmet catch, or the throw to Manningham, or the Philly special that Nick Foles was able to complete in the Super Bowl, you've got to be able to make certain kind of plays in order to beat the Patriots in a crucial game. It, that's just the bottom line, because that's how the pa- Patriots are going to play you. They're going to play you tight. So be that as it may, with all the limitations that I see in Josh Allen as a quarterback, the Bills completely dominated the Cowboys after the Cowboys were able to execute everything perfectly on their opening drive, march right down the field in the opening four minutes of the game, put up a touchdown on the board, and make it look absolutely easy. The rest of the game, the Bills utterly dominated them and ran off four straight scores. While the Cowboys offense completely sputtered and did diddly squat the remainder of the game. That's the game. Literally a lifeless production by the Cowboys in a must-win game after their owner called out the entire coaching staff. Jason Garrett should be fired today or tomorrow. But the reason why Jerry Jones backed off is he he looked at it as a challenge for someone who he regards almost as close as his son. Jason Garrett should have been fired on at least Six different occasions during his tenure as Cowboys head coach, which is, uh, uh, even though his contract's up, he's been the Cowboys head coach for nine seasons. He's underachieved in six of them, in, uh, not including this year. We don't know how this year's going to pan out yet, but it is few and far between the number of years where Jason Garrett actually played, uh, performed at a above average or excellent level as a head coach. And he's never actually approached excellent either. I'm just being facetious. So I'm just saying that the Cowboys, for all the talent that they've had, and even though they made the playoffs, still usually underachieve in certain games because they, they drop at least two to three games every year that they have no business dropping. And it comes down to a coaching issue. 
or a lack of preparedness. So what goes into a coach actually getting fired? One, relationship with the owner. Most sports owners are billionaires. Paying a head coach usually is a line item for them. However, the reason why so many owners are reticent to actually fire head coaches is because it looks as though they don't know what the bleep they're doing. That's it. They don't look like to look like they're they're clueless at the wheel. There are some exceptions because you'll have coaches just fi- uh, fire uh, teams. Uh, I mean, uh, it it. Over in the Premier League, you got Watford, who usually changes out a coach uh, every every other year or multiple times during a season. Watford, who is currently the last place team in the Premier League, uh, you know, uh, brought back one of their fire coaches only to fire uh, Kike Sanchez Flores less than a month after hiring him back again, mainly because there's no chance that. Uh, uh, there's no chance that he was going to be able to t- uh, turn around the team. Now they're bringing back Nigel Pearson, who uh, resurrected Leicester a couple of seasons ago, hoping that he can bring any kind of spark. But that's the thing. It's random as to how certain coaches get fired because it all depends on the relationships within the front office, sometimes more than the results. I can look to the NHL, where the Toronto Maple Leafs have fired Bob Babcock, despite the fact that they they were currently in the playoffs, they still fired Bob Babcock anyway, uh, even though Bob Babcock is one of, if not the most accomplished from a winning perspective, NHL head coach currently in the league right now. Outside of Joe Quinville, it's hard to say a coach uh, that there, there was a, a NHL coach more accomplished than Babcock. He made the year every year he was in Detroit. Won a Stanley Cup. Detroit has fallen completely off the hockey map since Babcock left. He's made the playoffs uh, every year with Toronto, where they were going to make the playoffs again this year, but because Bob Babcock didn't get along with his players apparently in the Toronto dressing room. And his GM is one of the youngest GMs in the league and strictly analytics focused, which by all reports, Babcock was still not completely on board with. Babcock lost the power struggle and got the boot. Meanwhile, over in New Jersey, you've got John Hines, who literally has run the Devils right back into the listless ship they were uh, they were before uh, the the 90s in the neutral zone trap, and the Devils have been utterly irrelevant for the last five years. Hines is still the head coach in this fourth season as the Devils head coach, showing absolutely no signs of improvement, despite having even more talent than the Rangers, uh, by and large. And yes, the goaltending hasn't been great, but... Guess what? There were trades to be had and goaltenders on the market that the Devils could have brought in that they chose not to. 
John Hines still has a job where hockey is notorious for high, uh, f- uh, firing coaches very early into the season. Why has he stayed in place? Because it, the Devils know that if they fired John Hines, Ray Shiro's on the on the clock because he's going to have to turn things around relatively quickly. Otherwise, he's the next one out the door. When coaches get fired, again, most of it depends on circumstances and the fact that the GM also wants to keep the coach around as a scapegoat. Take, for instance, my New York football giants. Pat Shermer had a ton of question marks when he was named Giants head coach a year and a half ago. Right now, the Giants still look like a bottom five team with no signs of improvement from their actual young core. As much as people want to talk about Daniel Jones, and again, this is more along the lines of, he's not as awful as people think he is. Look at him. He threw for five touchdown passes against a terrible team. Wow. You know, people want to look at stats as hollow as they are without actually looking at the context of how is he actually performing when he's asked with doing basic things. Not awful, not exactly Peyton Manning either, and you spent the number six overall pick on him when you had multiple needs on the football field. Now, I see how this is most likely going to play out. Pat Shermer's going to be sacrificed by Dave Gettleman, and Gettleman's going to say that, hey, I'm the one who found Daniel Jones, when it seems to be, by most accounts, uh, Pat Shermer's the one who pushed Dave Gettleman uh, onto him, and then Dave Gettleman fell in love with Daniel Jones. But be that as it may, uh, Dave Gettleman fell in love with Daniel Jones just looking at him at the Senior Bowl, apparently. Whatever. You know, again, so turning my attention to uh, some of the coaches who I think will be fired in short order. Arsenal manager Unai Emery in the Premier League has a Europa match against uh, uh, Einart Frankfurt uh, later today at the Emirates that I think regardless of whether or not Arsenal wins the match, I still think he's going to get fired anyway because the players in the dressing group have all but quit on him. The fan base has been calling for his firing for two and a half months now. The Arsenal board is getting nervous because in terms of the uh, standings in the Premier League, Arsenal is falling further and further away from the top four position that they're competing for. And it now looks to be in a position where we're we're closer to the bottom half of the table and the relegation battle than we are to the uh, top four. There's no way he can survive much longer. uh, And they're just hoping he can try to pull uh, the team out of it. If they drop the game today, he's he's probably gone by tomorrow. Other guys I think are going to get fired in the Premier League, Marco Silva at Everton. The results haven't been there. Manuel Pellegrini uh, over at West Ham. Results haven't been there. When it comes to the Premier League, firing coaches has become more of a business practice because 
the amount of money in the television contract puts it above their self-interest to react quickly rather than try to let things drag out. One of the things that's happened in American sports is the fact that with uh, some of the stagnation in the television deals, it's harder for teams to get uh, uh, behind firing coaches quickly because it normally, again, it's a line item for most owners, but it's more of the perception standpoint that they don't know what they're doing. Take, for instance, the New York Knicks and David Fitzdale. You had, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had Knicks management come out and openly question the performance. Knicks president Steve Mills openly came out and questioned the performance of uh, the Knicks uh, team in an impromptu press conference, thereby completely undercutting David Fisdale, the the Knicks head coach. And everyone was began wondering, when is Fisdale going to get fired? In the weeks since that impromptu press conference, the Knicks have gone, uh, I believe the official record is 2-9. and nine. I got to double check. But the Knicks have been even more dreadful. Fisdale looks even less uh, interested in coaching the team and actively looks like he's trying to get fired. Yet, still has not been fired as of yet. But the only thing that I can see happening, why it hasn't officially taken place yet, is that the Knicks have no idea who the interim coach is going to be. That's the only reason why David Fisdale uh, has been fired yet, because the Knicks, by all accounts, can't get anyone else willing to coach that team from the outside. They're probably going to have to promote one of the uh, assistants in the interim uh, until they can get a uh, turn the uh, page over with maybe doing a retread, bringing back Jeff Van Gundy, or giving Mark set uh, Mark uh, Mark Jackson a chance to run uh, the team. But that's the thing with hiring and firing coaches in this day and age. It's not even about the contracts anymore. It's about the media perception because. Half the time, you know, if you go back to a team like the Mets, where Mickey Calloway got fired, but it came at the end of the season when the Mets actually made a run uh, towards the uh, NL wildcard spot inexplicably. Then you fire him. Uh, what? Like, literally... Uh, <laughs> Mickey Callaway, I'm not going to say he was a good manager, but he was trending up. The whole reason why he got fired was because the GM, Brody Van Wagenen, wanted to make an example out of Mickey Callaway, saying he's the reason why they didn't make the playoffs, not him, uh, when it was clearly obvious that Brody's guys that he brought in free agency all flopped, spectacularly flopped. So, again, there were circumstances beyond just wins and losses that are factoring into the decision. A lot of times it ends up being a case of how can I use this guy as a meat shield for the general public uh, that's lobbying accusations against the franchise. That's what the, uh, that's what the coach and managerial positions have become uh, in the modern age is essentially 
the Shield, yes, they're tasked with winning and losing, but a lot of times when things aren't going well, they are ultimately the punching bag for the general public. But we're going to move on from talking about uh, the people I expect to get fired in the near future. Uh, I want to talk about, because uh, uh, I, I did this last year in greater detail, but uh, I want to talk about uh, holiday shopping and some of the deals that you guys might be interested in. Now, I figured, you know, again, talking about electronics and things to look out for in terms of TVs, it's always good to bear in mind, what are you actually looking for? If you're looking for, you know, a TV for the bedroom or put uh, like have an extra TV in a kid's room, yeah, obviously your budget's not going to be that large. Uh, so uh, the Amazon Fire TVs, uh, well, the built-in Amazon Actual Amazon televisions uh, that Amazon is selling, they're doing discount sales on Amazon and at Best Buy. So you can even get uh, the 42-inch set for uh, under 300 it, The 65-inch uh, TVs are going to be $400. Those are perfectly fine for a bedroom set that you're not really caring about showing off in the living room. Or have a small TV in a kid's room because uh, they'll have like the 32 inch set for a hundred bucks. Those are perfectly fine, except the choices. And they've got uh, the uh, Amazon Prime uh, service uh, built into the smart TV as long as you're an Amazon Prime customer. Which, again, if you're buying one of those TVs, the expectation is you already were a customer. Otherwise, you're shelling out an extra 120 bucks for Amazon Prime membership uh, to boot. Again, Amazon's making the expectation that you're already a prime customer. That's the reason why they want to sell you more stuff through their television sets. But anyway, uh, getting into uh, some of uh, the electronics uh, on sale. Uh, For those of you who want to be the big, uh, big shot time callers and prepping in advance of the Super Bowl, uh, you know, I wouldn't recommend uh, OL, uh, OLED uh, TVs, mainly because the OLED TVs, from a sports perspective, they are at high risk of having screen burn-in for prolonged exposures to still images. Similar, uh, because plasma sets uh, found uh, ways of getting around this. OLED TVs, still not quite there yet. There's still a possibility of uh, you running into screen burning. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily suggest that if you're using that as a main set for uh, watching in the living room and you're watching a ton of sports, mainly because of the burning factor. Because again, when you're watching ESPN, you're going to see the ESPN bottom line, the entirety of your uh, viewing time uh, by and large for, because the ESPN bottom line is going to be there for 98% of the time. If you're watching Fox, they're showing the bottom line during football season throughout uh, the games. So, again, you're seeing those bottom line tickers, and, yeah, it's going to burn in the screen. It, 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 it's like if you're watching something for 90% of the time and it's there as a static image, yeah, that's a problem. 
So I wouldn't recommend the OLED TVs uh, for that specific pers- uh, purpose if you're a sports fan like me. What I would uh, suggest if you're going into the large screen TV, and I'm talking 65 inches and above, I would say for an entry-level set, the TCL 6 series, so uh, this would be the 625 model uh, in most places. uh, It'll it'll differ, but you'll see TCL 6 uh, primarily. They have a TCL 5 series and a TCL 4 series. But the TCL6 series is technically uh, their uh, top of the line from a budget perspective. The 65-inch uh, 6 series set uh, from TCL is going to be 600 bucks at Costco, uh, starting with Black Friday, and it's going to extend f- uh, for a, a month. That is a good entry-level set. Uh, moving on, there's the 65-inch uh, Vizio PX series, also at Costco. Uh, what's the difference between the TCL and the Vizio? Basically, the brightness level and the H and the number of dimming levels for uh, the HDR features. If your if your eyes are gla- glazing over based off of what I just said, chances are you probably won't even notice a difference between the two television sets. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I would probably say uh, you could stick with. Uh, the TCL for 600 as opposed to paying up for a thousand. Now, if you're caring more about name brand, then I would say uh, you can go to the Sony at X 900 series uh, over, uh, over at Best Buy because they've, they're going to have the X 900 F available for 1100 bucks plus tax, obviously. Uh, and that would give you a name brand. Now, in terms of visual quality, it's not that much of an uptick over the TCL or the Vizio. Uh, but you get the name brand recognition. Now, in terms of the set that's going to have the most quality uh, that's not an OLED set, uh, you would be essentially looking at the Samsung uh, QN65 uh, series. So, uh, you know, it. the technical term is, actually, I, I should say that. It shouldn't be the Q65. It would be the Q80. Uh, again, the model numbers are so bad in terms of, like, the uh, lack of creativity amongst uh, the manufacturers. It's it's really embarrassing. But, um, yeah, in, in terms of, uh, the sets, you know, you've got quite a bit going on uh, here. But uh, I would say the Q80 makes the most sense, uh, uh, and that's going to cost you, uh, set you back about seventeen hundred uh, from uh, a couple of uh, uh, places because uh, it's going to be at Best Buy uh, primarily. But uh, there's also a variant that's going to be available at BJ's as well. Now, if you're going into the I want the biggest screen humanly possible, uh, well, I should say humanly possible because they do have 100-inch sets available if somehow you have the room. But in terms of most, like the most I can see the average person being able to manage, 
the 82-inch Samsung RU800 model is actually going to be available at BJ's for uh, just under $1,800 uh, $1, this year. Again, that's 82 inches of real estate, so uh, I would say mounting the TV is a must if uh, if you're actually planning on buying a set that large. And yeah, you're you're going to need some help setting that one up. So I wouldn't ask Fred, your neighbor, to help set, set it up for you. I'd probably hire a professional to install the brackets properly because at that size, the amount of weight that you're going to need for a proper uh, mount installation, I'd let a professional handle it at that size because if you're splashing that much cash to get a TV, just have a pro set it up for you instead and not do it yourself. We've seen way too many YouTube videos of people screwing that up uh, with large uh, TVs of that size. So uh, those are my recommendations. Uh, I'm not going into too much detail this year because this year was kind of a lax year in terms of uh, overall price development. Uh, The OLED prices uh, haven't come down as much that I would give a recommendation to the OLED sets. Plus, as I said, they haven't quite mastered the screen burn-in effect just yet for sports uh, uh, fans such as myself. So I can't touch an OLED set, even if I was interested in it. It's too much of a risk at this point. So uh, that's all I've got for you this year. Uh, we'll see where the prices come down next year if we start getting more OLED sets under uh, uh, under the... Uh, 1500 price point uh at the 65 inch range uh then then th- th- things might get a little bit more interesting uh, uh from my perspective but uh that's all for now uh hope you all had a wonderful thanksgiving holiday with your families and uh take it easy folks this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.